We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, Jorge, I know you like to joke that any physics question I ask you could be answered with the Big Bang. I think that's a pretty solid answer for any science question, you know, like uh, why does why does this happen? And it's all because of the Big Bang. Man, you are like a deep philosopher of science sometimes. I think I just, just heard you say the Big Bang too many times. Well, I don't mean to burst your bubble, but I think I finally found a question where the Big Bang is not a valid answer. What could not be due to the Big Bang? <laughs> Keep listening. cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel Weissen. I'm a particle physicist and I owe my existence to the Big Bang. As do we all. As does this podcast. That's right, even this podcast. So welcome to Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to our podcast in which we explore things big and small. That's right, things out there, big and small, out there in the universe, and even right here in our homes, in our everyday lives, something that we use Almost too much, I think, perhaps. That's right. One of the joys of being a physicist is looking around you all the time and wondering, how does that thing work? And that extends to the cosmos and the stars and the big questions of the universe. But it also applies to just stuff happening around you. You know, why does that leaf dance that way? Why does the ball bounce this way? How do I make this thing happen? Or how does this thing in my kitchen do its thing? How does this magic happen? There's crazy physics all around us, right? And potentially dangerous sources of radiation in our own homes. <laughs> that's right. Basically, the whole universe is crazy physics. I mean, that's a good way to summarize the whole universe. <laughs> All right. That's an that's alternate answer to the Big Bang. <laughs> crazy it's like, why, physics. Why does, why does this particle do that? It's just crazy physics. It's Done. better than the answer being crazy physicists, right? Are physicists crazy because of crazy physics? 
<laughs> I'm not sure about the cause and effect there. Yeah. Um, it might be that becoming a physicist makes you a little bit crazy because you see the world through different eyes, right? Everything yeah. you look at, you try to understand in terms of an equation or a model or try to dig down and understand how this emergent phenomenon can be explained by tiny little particles bumping up against each other. Yeah, so on this podcast, we usually tackle very big topics like the size of the universe or where did the Big Bang come from? But sometimes we like to tackle smaller topics or topics that are in everyone's everyday life. Yeah, so today on the podcast, we'll be tackling something that everyone has in their kitchens. So today on the program, we'll be asking the question. How does a microwave work? Or I guess more specifically, how does a microwave oven work? You know what a microwave is. You put the stuff in there, you press the button, it spins, it beeps, it turns around, and it comes out hot, right? But how does that actually happen? What's the physics that's going on there? Yeah, how do microwaves work? I mean, um, we've had them around for a long time, it seems, right? To heat up our foods and our snacks and our hot pockets. They first appeared in kitchens in the late 50s, I think. So it's been decades. We've had these around for a while, huh? Yeah, and like many useful inventions, they were discovered by accident. They were discovered by a physicist uh, poking around, trying to do one thing, discovered something else useful. Another way to save time, right? For a lot of people, it's sort of a, it's sort of a convenience appliance. Like if you were to heat things up in the regular oven, it would just it would take much longer. But in a microwave, things seem to get hot really fast. Yeah, and you know, I don't want to take any of the steam out of this this podcast episode, but I'll admit that the microwave in our kitchen at home has been broken for about five years. And <laughs> what? It's, yeah, it's built into the double oven thing we have. So to get it repaired, we have to replace the whole thing. So we just sort of put it off forever. And the truth is, we haven't really missed it or never really noticed. You've lived without a microwave for five years? It is possible, people. You oh my can't God. live without a microwave. Yes. Turns out you can make popcorn on the stove. So what do you use it for? Just like a storage? You store some pots and pans in it or? <laughs> for storage. Did you clean yeah, it? No, Did we, you clean it before keep... you abandoned it? I wonder if you opened this now. <laughs> it's never been cleaned. No, you know, <laughs> our, our pet rats like to hang out in there. Um, no, okay. we don't use it for anything. It just uses up space in the kitchen. Wow. So you don't use it. So if you have to heat up a, a quick thing, you just, what do you do? You eat it cold? No, we got a toaster oven. We got an electric water kettle. We got a stove top. That serves for mostly everything. Yeah. Mm. Turns out life is possible without a microwave. But wow. it's a fascinating object in so many people's kitchen and lots of people swear by it. So I thought it'd be interesting to dig into the physics of it. And it turns out that very few people know how a microwave works. And the people who think they know how a microwave works probably have it wrong. Yeah, I was reading through these notes and I realized I have no idea how a microwave oven works. Or <laughs> I thought I did, but it turns out that I, that I don't. And so that sort of brings up an interesting question. Like there's so many people out there who use a microwave. Almost nobody knows how it works. How come nobody seems to have spent any time thinking about it or wondering about it? Is it just physicists who want to understand like how the stuff around us works and everybody else is sort of happy to just press a button and get their popcorn? I wonder if it's a, a generational thing, you know? At this point, most people grew up with the microwave, you know? It's sort of like, um, it's just there. It's like nobody ever sits around wondering how a refrigerator works or <laughs> how a pencil what? works, you know? <laughs> I think my kids ask me how refrigerators work. I want to know how things work that existed in the universe before I came to be. I'm not like, Big Bang, pff, that's old news. I'm only interested in new <laughs> stuff. It's not trending. 
the Big Bang. It's not trending. I don't care. So it's something that everyone is probably familiar with and maybe most people own. But we were wondering how many people out there know how a microwave actually works. That's right. So I walked around the streets of Aspen, Colorado, a place where people come from all over the world with all sorts of different backgrounds. And I asked folks if they knew how a microwave worked. Don't most people in Aspen, Colorado own multiple microwaves? <laughs> they probably own multiple microwave companies. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> and they say, I don't care as long as the share price keeps going up. Yeah, so think about it for a second. If you were skiing out there in Aspen, Colorado, and then a scruffy physicist asks you, hey, how does a microwave work? What do you think? You would answer. Here's what people had to say. Nope. Best guess. Microwaves. Other than electricity <laughs> passing through food? No. Radiation. Well, elec- electricity turned into something. Well, it's not radiation. It genetically modifies your food. Yeah, it has a radon tube. A radon tube. And how does that heat up your food? Uh, the moisture in the food is what causes the food uh, the heat up. Yes, electricity. Electricity. <laughs> Something about electricity coming down in waves. You say start. <laughs> and then what happens? Microwaves. No, I do not know. Do you know how a microwave works? I do. How? Oh. How it works? Yeah. Maybe not. We press plus 30 seconds button, then start. All right. Seems that those microwave company owners in Aspen don't really have much of an idea of how they work. Well, I was amazed at the huge variety of answers. I mean, we got radiation, we got genetic modification to the foods. Um, there was that one guy who seemed to understand how a microwave worked, but he could only explain it in Japanese to his wife. <laughs> well, that's the same with me. I, I know how it works, but I only know how it works in Japan. <laughs> I like the guy who said, um, how does a microwave work? You just press the start button. That's how it works, right? That's- <laughs> I know. Like I was asking for tips, like, help, I need to use the microwave and I don't know how it works. Please give me <laughs> advice. <laughs> Tell me, I need- my food is cold. <laughs> like I'm out here on the street with my recorder looking for tech support for my microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, exactly. he would have been uh, helpful, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and you know, and you heard a couple of people say, what I think is a common trope, which is that the um, microwave heats up the water, right? Which mm. I think is a, a common misunderstanding. We'll get into it later, but that's not how a microwave works. Right. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And also some people said it uh, has to do with electricity, like somehow it uses electricity to zap your food. Yeah. And, you know, it does use electricity. It's not like it's a coal powered microwave or something. Right? <laughs> Steampunk. Steampunk microwave, wouldn't that? <laughs> like you have all the steam, but you convert it to microwaves. Mm. Yeah, somebody out there probably has done that. You know, on our recent episode about gravitons, I wondered out loud what a gravitron was. And that moment in our podcast, I think, might have generated the most listener response because I got dozens really? of emails from people who had ridden in their childhood a gravitron, an amusement park ride. Uh, so that generated the most <laughs> the most emails of anything we've ever done so far. Sorry. I should know that because that was on the latest season of Stranger Things. Yes, you're right. There was a scene in the Gravitron. Yeah. Um, so if anybody out there knows of a coal-powered microwave, please write in and send us a picture. I'd love to see it. Well, so um, not all people, a lot of people know how a microwave works, and I, I didn't know apparently how a microwave works. So let's get into it. 
But um, maybe first, would you talk about how normal ovens work? Like the, the ones with gas or the ones that are electric, not the microwave kind. So a normal oven basically works by heating the air inside the oven. And then the air heats your food, right? And that's, you'll notice this because if you open a normal oven, you get like a rush of hot air that comes out and burns your face, right? Whereas if you open a microwave, you don't notice that. In a regular oven, you, you rely, you like, you put the energy into the air and then you rely on the air to give the energy to your food. That's right. And remember, on a microscopic level, what's happening is that the air is heating up and that means that the air molecules are getting faster, right? We talked about temperature in another episode. It's sort of a crazy concept, but the simplest idea is that you're just speeding up the air molecules. So they're zooming around faster and faster inside the oven. And sometimes they bounce into your food and they deposit some energy. So they heat up the molecules in your food, right? Maybe your oven is gas and has little flames, or it has a heating element if it's an electric oven, and that heats up the air, right, which speeds up those molecules, and they bounce into the molecules of your food and heat them up. Yeah, when you put it like that, it seems really inefficient to think about ovens like that. Like you have oh, to yeah, heat up they... the air, and then the air, you have to wait for the air to bump into your food, and then it only bumps into the, the surface, right, the outer skin of your food. So it, that's why it takes a while to heat up in a regular oven. That's right. And they're super inefficient in my house because every time I'm baking something, somebody will walk by the oven every five minutes and open it up. Ooh, what's in there? And then all the hot air <laughs> rushes out and you got to heat up the whole oven again. <laughs> I'm surprised your regular oven works, Daniel. <laughs> I'm going to put a lock on it or something. But yeah, that's I exactly you were cooking why. over a campfire every night. <laughs> that's, exactly why, um, that's exactly why the food in your oven heats from the outside in because the outside is the only part exposed to the air, right? So the outside of your food, the outside layer gets heated by the air and the inside gets heated by the outside. Like you're cooking a turkey, the skin gets hot first and then the heat of the skin cooks the next layer and that layer cooks the next layer and that layer cooks the next layer. So it's sort of like heat propagating through the turkey, but has to start from the outside. That's the hottest part. Right. And that's kind of then that's kind of good sometimes because that's where you get you know, crunchy crusts. Yeah, exactly. Crunchy you, skin. You get this browning effect from the hot air and that's because the, the air can get to a sort of a high enough temperature to give you like caramelization and that gives you the good browning stuff. And you know, sometimes you want that. You want the outside to be crunchier and hotter than the inside. Like for a turkey, you don't want the breast meat to get up to a certain temperature because then it gets dry, but you do want the outside at a higher temperature. So for things where you want the outside hotter and the inside a little bit cooler, a convection oven is perfect. Okay, so it uh, doesn't sound super efficient. But it's an old, oldie timey trusted technology. We've been doing, we've been using ovens for thousands and thousands of years. It doesn't break down like it your microwave. <laughs> that's right. I mean, it, in the old days, before we had gas ovens and electric ovens, an oven was just like an enclosed space with a bunch of burning wood in it, right? And people still do that, like a pizza oven right? Can get up to 800 degrees or 900 degrees. And you see these things, they're just like, they got wood burning in the back and it's just an enclosed space to trap the heat. Because if you have a fire without walls around it, then the heat just rises and you can cook over it, but it's much less efficient. So you just enclose it to sort of capture the heat um, where you are. And that, that's an oven. That's all an oven is, is a heat source and something to capture it so that the, the air stays hot. All right. That's how normal ovens work. Uh, so let's get into microwaves. But first, let's take a quick break. 
The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities, but it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that feeling after you've done a deep spring clean of your house when you realize, wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like how you feel when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, while Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording all this? So it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Personally, I've used Mint Mobile, and the calls are always so crisp and so clear. All of their plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's time to ditch your overpriced wireless and go with Mint Mobile's limited time deal for three months a premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash universe. That's mintmobile.com slash universe. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash universe. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Slower speeds above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. All right, we're talking about microwave ovens and how they work. So Daniel, break it down for us. How does a microwave oven work? Well, maybe we first we should figure out, we should talk about what a microwave is, right? Like, what is this thing? We tackled the word oven. Now we're tackling the word microwave. (laughs) But first, let's break it down into micro and wave. What does the letter M really mean? What does the letter (laughs) I really mean? (laughs) Three hours later, we'll get to the answer. It's pretty simple, actually. A microwave is just a kind of light, right? Remember that all these things, gamma rays, X-rays, UV light, visible light, um, radio waves, these are all just parts of the electromagnetic spectrum. It's not like a special kind of ray or a special kind of 
particle or you know laser is just plain old light it's just plain old electromagnetic radiation right and a microwave just refers to the wavelength of that radiation so remember the thing that dif differentiates a gamma ray from ultraviolet light from visible light from x-rays or radio waves is just the frequency of the wiggling right all these things are electromagnetic fields oscillating up and down and left and right and the speed at which they oscillate how many times they oscillate per second right or equivalently the wavelength of their oscillation right how long that wave is um, determines which one it is and so radio waves are the ones with the really long wavelengths like there are radio waves that have lengths like you know dozens and dozens of meters microwaves it's sort of a confusing name because microwaves are radio waves with shorter wavelengths so down to about 12 centimeter but it's only shorter compared to radio waves which have like dozens of meters of wavelength they're not short compared oh, to like light visible light not, which is like nanometers they're not microscopic that's right they're only micro compared to really big radio waves Oh, so, it's a scale thing, huh? But th so their microwaves are actually like mega waves compared to like the visible light that we all see every day. Yeah, which is wavelengths of like hundreds of nanometers, which is tiny, right? These things have wavelengths that are, you know, 12 centimeters. That's, you know, the size of your hand or something like that. So wow. these things have real physical wavelength. Wait, are you telling um, me that physicists name something in a confusing way? <laughs> what? Are you telling me that you're surprised that a physics name would be confusing? Touche, <laughs> yeah. touche. Anything have named in the pre-Jorge epoch is defined to be confusing That's, because you were not involved. Yeah, yeah, the PJ era. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to talk about it. You know, it's a dark period in the history of physics, but it does exist. Yeah. Okay, so they're, um, they're microwaves, but they're not really micro. They're actually like, um, you know, 12 centimeters. It's sort of like the, the length of your hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's what a microwave is. And then you might wonder like, all right, but, you know, how does that heat my food? If I shine my flashlight at a turkey, it doesn't cook it, right? If right. I take an x-ray, uh, my turkey doesn't cook it. Not Well, it depends on your flashlight, doesn't it? <laughs> if your flashlight is the Large Hadron Collider, then yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's not that the regular light doesn't cook; it's just that it doesn't cook as well. Yeah, that's true. It does deposit some energy. It just doesn't have that much energy on it. But it's essentially, the way a microwave oven works is that it blasts your food with microwave radiation, right? Which again, radiation—it sounds scary, but it's really just light. Yeah, light is an example of radiation. So this is just another kind of electromagnetic radiation. And and you might be wondering like, well, okay, why does this specific frequency of radiation tend to heat up your food? Why does that do that, right? Well, one thing you'll notice is that um, when you open up a microwave oven after you've cooked your food, right, that the air inside the microwave oven is not hot. So a lot of people think that the way a microwave works is that the microwave radiation heats up just the water inside the food. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of that. Yeah, like somehow there's something like it only heats up the water molecules, or preferentially the water mo molecules in your food. That's kind of why, like, if you stick a plastic plate, it's not going to heat up as much as if you put, uh, you know, a hot dog. Mm -hmm. And there is some truth to that, right? A microwave will heat up some kinds of food more than other kinds of food. But the reason that some people give is that they think that a microwave has like a resonant frequency with the water. Remember, microscopically, water is made out of 
molecules and those molecules can do things like spin and vibrate and like all atomic stuff it's quantum mechanical which means it can only accept um, radiation at certain frequencies like we talked about mm -hmm. how atoms can absorb wavelengths certain wavelengths of light and not other wavelengths of light so some people i think imagine that this is what's happening inside your microwave that water can absorb frequency at this wavelength um, and the air and the other stuff can't right so that's the common misconception right and when you say resonant Frequency, you mean like kind of like a water, it's the idea that water has kind of an internal bounciness to it, right? Like an internal, mm, like frequency it likes to bounce around, like a guitar string. Yes, exactly. And it's true of every atom, right? They do have special frequencies at which they like to vibrate. And it depends on the atom and how it's built and how the electrons are organized and all that stuff. And so they do have special resonant frequencies that they do like to absorb radiation. But that's not what's happening here. That's not the way that a microwave works. It's not. It's not. Oh. Definitely not. No, it's a totally you, different but really fascinating mechanism. You just nuked my brain here. <laughs> I just tried my start. Uh, <laughs> my illusion of understanding here. Okay, so it's not making a resonance with the water. So how is it? But it is. It is sort of related to water, right? Like there's something about water molecules that microwaves are kind of specially tuned to a heat up. Yeah, and it's a different process. It's called dielectric heating. Essentially, it's because water molecules, they have the same number of positive and negative charges, but they're not exactly mm -hmm. balanced in the same place, right? Which means that one part of the water molecule is a little more positive and another part is a little more negative. So overall, mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a separation of the charges. So what happens right. when electromagnetic One side of water is more optimistic, the other one's more pessimistic. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You got the upside and the downside. Um, <laughs> some, wa some water molecules are like, this glass is half full of us. The other <laughs> half is like, this glass is half empty of us. It's a big That's debate. Right. But what happens when electromagnetic waves come by, remember, electromagnetic waves interact with things that have charge, right? Negative and positive mm. charge. And so what they do is that one part of the molecule gets pushed one way and the other part that has the other charge gets pushed the other way. Mm, you're right? saying like and a water molecule is kind of like a little magnet where one end is sort of negative and the other side is positive. So it's not like perfectly even. Yeah, it's not. It's kind of like a magnet in that there are north and south, right? But in this case, we're talking about electric charges and they're positive and negative. And the waves come by and they tweak it and they tweak it differently because the charge is different on one side than the other, right? You've, it's overall neutral, but you've separated the charges a little bit so that you have a positive and a negative. So the wave gives uh, the two sides a different kick, right? In different directions and that spins it. Mm -hmm. But the thing about a wave is that it's a wave, which means it goes up and then it goes down. So now the other part of the wave comes by and it spins it the other direction. And so essentially what happens when these waves come by a water molecule is they spin them back and then forth and then back and then forth. And so they're sort of like they're spinning all the little molecules, all the little water molecules in your food get spun back and forth by this microwave. So it's not like an internal vibration. It's more like a it's, it's but it is sort of a resonance, right? Like uh, in how it spins, like it, it likes to spin at that frequency. Or, no, or it's, the it's way not it a special of, resonance. It's no? just uh, it's the fact that it has this anything in your food that has a electric dipole will get spun this way. It just so happens that water is pretty good at getting spun that way because the arrangement of the atoms inside the water molecule gives it a larger electric dipole than things like plastic, which we're not supposed to eat. 
<laughs> we train octopus to eat. And uh, so what happens, you heat up all the water molecules and they are, they got a lot of energy now, right? And then they spread the energy to the stuff around it. So you're cooking a turkey, right? You heat up the water molecules and then the, the heat spreads out, right? From the water molecules to the other stuff that didn't get sort of mixed up or spun around. I'm sort of thinking about it like to cook something with a microwave, you take like a billion tiny little spoons and you stir up each of the little water molecules. You're like shaking, you're shaking each molecule. Kind of. Yeah, exactly. You're shaking their booties and they're dancing and they spread their energy out to other stuff. And uh, so that's how the non, the stuff in your food that doesn't have an electric dipole also gets heated up. So it is sort of, um, there is something about water, but it's not, it doesn't have to do with this sort of internal resonance. It's just really, it just, it's just, uh, it just has this kind of a magnet-like structure. Yeah, exactly. It's the electric dipole structure. And the fascinating thing is that for this to work, the water molecules have to be able to wiggle, right? The key is you're like turning it and then turning it back and turning it and turning it back. So this is something I didn't understand very well, but that frozen water is harder to heat up in the microwave than liquid water because the molecules can't wiggle as much because they're trapped in this ice crystal. It's frozen too, right? So it's just naturally harder to heat up because it's already cold. That's true. It takes longer to heat up to a certain temperature, but it absorbs microwaves less efficiently when it's frozen than when it's liquid. So it, like it takes in the energy, but because they can't move, that energy doesn't get absorbed. Yeah, exactly. They, um, you know, the, the wave comes by and it tries to wiggle that little water molecule because it, it has that electric dipole, but it just doesn't get wiggled as much. And so it doesn't absorb as much energy. And then, you know, later when it's freer because it's you melted it a little bit, then it can get mixed up even better. Wow. All imagine, right. you know, imagine trying to take a, a frozen block of water and mixing it up until it melts. Right. That's not going to be very efficient. But you could put a spoon into a bowl of water and mix it around until it got really hot. That's more efficient. And I guess it's convenient because most of the things we eat have water in it, right? That's right. And that's a convenient overlap between our diet and the physics. Another misconception that people have is I think that people think that microwaves cook their food from the inside out or that mm. it cooks it totally evenly, right? That it doesn't really matter where it is because it's this mysterious quantum mechanical thing that's happening. So you're saying it doesn't heat up from the inside? No, it doesn't actually because these microwaves penetrate the food, but they only penetrate a few centimeters. They can't get all the way in. Their energy gets absorbed before they get really deep into the food. And so the stuff that's cooking the inside of your turkey in a microwave is still the outside of the turkey, right? All you can do is heat the outside and then the inside gets heated by the next layer. And a lot of people have microwaves with like a defrost setting on it. Mm -hmm. And you, know, you press the button, it does it automatically. What it actually does often is that it runs for a little while and then it just turns off. It looks like it's doing something, but it turns off the microwaves <gasps> and it just sort of lets the heat flow around for a little bit. Oh, I see. So it doesn't cook. The outside doesn't cook. It just, you know, heats it up in bursts. Yeah, exactly. And different parts of your food will get hot differently. And, and the reason is, of course, you know, different parts of different amounts of water. But also, it's really difficult to get an even um, dose of radiation, right? It's generating this, this radiation using a little cavity called a, a magnetron and and it's really hard to get like an exactly even density of microwave radiation inside your microwave. And so right. you have hot spots and cold spots. Yeah, well, I always thought that the reason that the insides get hotter than the outsides was because, you know, I imagine my food is getting bombarded by microwaves from all directions. 
And it's the center of my food that's getting hit by all directions more than any other part. Do you know what I mean? Like it's surrounded. So all the, all the microwaves sort of concentrate in the middle. Isn't that the reason why maybe the center would heat up more? Well, that would be true if the microwaves were sort of aimed at the center from some source on the outside. But mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's not how they're generated. This one source, this magnetron, um, which is a pretty cool name, it generates all the radiation. And there's a little waveguide that just sort of dumps it out into your microwave. And more expensive, fancier ones have more complicated or double magnetrons to try to make it even. But the best thing you can do to get an even cooking of your food is to put it, to make it spin. So it sort of rotates your food through the hot spots and the cold spots. But you shouldn't Mm. just put it in the center, right? If you just put it right in the center of your turntable, then all your food is doing is spinning around. It's not actually moving through the hot and the cold spots. All right, let's get into how microwaves actually make the microwaves. But first, let's take a quick break. The financial universe out there can seem like a vast place full of scary mysteries and exciting possibilities. But it can also be overwhelming to navigate, especially when you're first starting out in life. It feels sometimes like just one wrong turn could send you hurtling endlessly towards a financial black hole. But don't worry, you don't have to navigate the financial universe on your own. With the right tools, you can master the financial universe and chart your course with confidence. Intuit helps you navigate the financial universe through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped a hundred million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
All right, Daniel. So let's get into how a microwave makes microwaves. And you're saying that it uses a couple of transformer toys. Uh, this alien came to Earth and transformed from a killer robot into a kitchen appliance. <laughs> and its name was Magnetron. <laughs> its name was Magnetron. Um, no, and this is why microwaves were discovered by physicists. There's a guy, Percy Spencer, and he was playing with magnetrons because he was interested in using microwaves for like navigation and for radar. I think it was probably funded by like the U.S. Navy or the Air Force or something. For like and communications, built, like to, to transmit stuff. Yeah, to either transmit stuff or just detect like, you know, where are the rocks and where's the coastline and this kind of stuff, where, you know, useful radar stuff. Where are the enemy ships and all that stuff. And he had built this magnetron. And a magnetron is just something that generates microwave radiation. How does a magnetron make microwaves? How do you make microwaves in general? Well, the way to make radiation is either you find something in nature which normally produces that radiation, you know, because it has a resonant frequency. It likes to wiggle in exactly the right way to make that radiation. You can do that. Or you can build a cavity that makes it so that electrons have exactly that resonant frequency. Like you build a little metal box and so that when electrons go in there, they like to shake around at exactly the frequency you want to generate. And that's essentially what, what a magnetron is. Kind of like a, a flute. Bit. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot like a musical instrument, you know, and a musical instrument, the shape and the size of the cavity determines exactly the acoustic waves that you can generate from it, right? Mm -hmm. You can shorten the cavity or lengthen the cavity by putting your fingers on the keys. Exactly. So a magnetron is just a, a cavity where you shoot electrons, you have magnetic and you have magnetic fields in there in order to generate exactly the right kind of frequency. And you could generate different frequencies by having a different size cavity. So you shoot the electrons in and they all sort of sync up and then out comes this kind of synchronized ray of light, right? Yeah, of, of radiation. And for those of you who know any quantum mechanics, you know that when you create a confined space, like an infinite well for the, those of you who have taken physics, that's when you get quantum mechanical effects. So you get special resonant frequencies, energy levels, for example. So the same way you have energy levels around an atom, you can have energy levels inside a cavity. And so you get mm. electrons in there and they like to wiggle at this energy level and then they jump down an energy level and give off that radiation, which is then at the frequency that you want. So the microwave in my kitchen has one of these magnetrons, like a little yeah. tube? Yeah, exactly. Everybody who has a microwave has a little radiation creating device in their microwave. Mm. And, um, but don't worry, right? That sounds crazy. Like what? I'm exposing myself to radiation. You know, you're exposing your coffee to radiation, but also the microwave has a metal box around it. And the cool thing about electromagnetic radiation is that it's basically blocked by almost any conductor. So you have a wall of metal or even just like a grate of metal, something we call a Faraday cage. It will cancel out almost any radiation. Mm. So the microwave radiation inside your microwave is basically trapped there by the metal that goes all the way around the box. Because I think I always assumed that my microwave has like several microwave guns aiming at the middle. But you're saying that there's only one tube here, like spewing out these uh, light waves? Man, you made a funny mental image there with microwave gun. Imagine <laughs> folks yeah. shooting these things at each other. <laughs> Not a good idea. Um, most of them have a single one. Yeah, some of them have double ones or mm. you know, more expensive, elaborate ones might have multiple magnetrons. But you only really need one. And it, I mean, you just need to guide the radiation using you know any sort of metal tube. Um, it, the radiation will propagate down that tube and into your cooking area. That's pretty cool. So then how did, they, how did he discover the microwave? 
he built this magnetron to try to generate microwaves, you know, for these other physics studies. And uh, I guess he was hungry. He was a guy that liked a snack and he had a chocolate bar in his pocket. And he noticed that no. when he turned the thing on, literally the chocolate bar would melt. And <laughs> like, a, a, like a couple of centimeters from his private parts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm thinking, okay, you're cooking the chocolate bar. You're also cooking the physicist. You know, <laughs> this is chocolate covered physicist here is what we're preparing. Um, but yeah, that's why he noticed it. And he reported it to his employer. He's like, hey, look, turns out, uh, you know, my whole radar project didn't work, but I invented a new kind of oven for you. Wow. And, um, we yeah. can't spy on the Russians, but hey, we can all have warmer <laughs> meals. I always wonder how executives feel that way. You know, they give you money because they're looking for a certain contract and you come back with like Teflon or microwaves, <laughs> right? All these things were discovered by accident. Um, in research environments. It's called the pivot. Yeah, the pivot. And I wonder what what like amazing inventions were thrown away by small-minded executives. They're like, that's not what we asked you to develop. Put it on the shelf and go back and work on that ray gun. Make the ray gun work. And for those of you who are scared of radiation or whatever, don't worry. These things are really safe. They surround your microwave with plenty of metals. There really is no leakage. Um, and it's really, it's even pretty safe to like put your face up against the microwave. Uh, they used to test microwaves really carefully to make sure that none of this radiation leaked out to like, you know, cook your brain. But for so many years, they were so safe, they couldn't measure anything that these days they don't even bother anymore. And it's really, you're just hitting it with the light. You know, it's not like you're hitting it with particles that then make the food radioactive, right? That's not what's happening. Oh, no, no, no. It certainly does not make your coffee radioactive. Although that does sound like an awesome superhero creation story. <laughs> microwave man <laughs> he drank radioactive coffee and gained that coffee's proportional strength it just heats up the food right it doesn't make it um it doesn't give it the ability to emit radiation no it just heats up the food but you know if you were inside a microwave it would heat up you also right you would literally get cooked so they Ooh. are dangerous but only inside the microwave outside right. is not dangerous at all Cool. So that's uh, that's how microwaves work. I, I feel like um, I've been um, irradiated with knowledge today. <laughs> that's right. A small amount of knowledge leads to a lot of insight. So the next time you're turning on your microwave, remember, you're blasting it with radiation. That's basically just taking a little spoon to all the molecules in there that have a little dielectric field and spinning them around to heat up everything else. So there is yeah. physics that's making your food tasty. And as a public service, just remember, contents might be hotter than expected. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, some people like microwaves, some people don't like microwaves. You know, one of the limitations is that, you know, they get that crispy browniness, but you can just, you know, put it in your toaster oven afterwards if you really want that crunchiness. Yeah, that's, that's my strategy. Heat up the insides and then you toast the outside. On our next podcast, how do toasters work? How to eat dinner at Jorge's house. How to fix Daniel's microwave oven. Yeah, please. I'd love to hear that podcast episode <laughs> for, le for less than $10,000. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed that. See you next time. If you still have a question after listening to all these explanations, please drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Daniel and Jorge, that's one word, or email us at feedback at danielandjorge.com. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.